0: Ultimate Guide Podcast, episode 62. Hey, it's Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, host and creator of Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. And I I never actually do this. My publicist would be so upset with me for not doing this. I'm going to do it this time. See, look. Author of the Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. She always says, put it next to your face anytime there's a picture or a video. I should learn. And I want to introduce you to this. Did I see a cat? Oh, yes. that's so wonderful. I love it. Oh I want to introduce <laughs> you to my special guest and her cat. Clearly, yeah. long before decluttering expert writer and speaker, Alison Kiro started her first organizing business in 2004. She searched for ways to make life easier. After much research, she realized it came down to two simple organizing techniques. First, to use self-love, self-love as her decision-making, her decision-making tool so she so can she- easily determine what she likes, uses, and needs in her life. And second, to set boundaries so she doesn't sabotage her efforts. That The second one's good for a lot of cases, not just organizing, I have a feeling. Allison also recognized the importance of figuring out her priorities so that she could determine what she considered valuable to her and what was not valuable to her. Allison started with physical clutter, but soon realized that she could transfer those same simple techniques to every aspect of her life, whether it's who to spend time with, which activities to do, or what objects to bring home. Since implementing her new decluttering system, Allison has found that she enjoys increased energy, improved productivity, and overall greater contentment thanks to her organizational system, and she loves teaching this very easy system to her clients. So, Allison and friend, <laughs> Welcome to Boomers Ultimate
1: Guide Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Kaylin. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad.
0: I'm glad that you could make time for us. I'm always very thankful when guests come on. Uh, come on the podcast and make their time is so valuable. Time's the one you know commodity that is really, really precious. I think so. I very much appreciate it. So I just gave people a little. Um, I read them, you know, a brief bio about you, but I always like to collect a little more. You know, the personal story, direct from, uh, the, the horse's mouth, as they used to say. So would you just share for us a little bit how you ended up becoming this decluttering expert? And, um, I always ask people to admit or not as they feel fit, whether or not they too are boomers.
1: Talk okay. You. Well, not a boomer yet. Uh, no, not a boomer. I'm about 10 years, uh, under the, the age difference. So, um, but, um, you know work with them a lot and have definitely noticed um, there are some different trends between how they're reacting to their stuff versus some of the younger people right. um, and really how I got into this was um, you know when I started in 2004 it was really I wanted to go out and start my own business and uh, started a concierge service and added organizing to it when an organizer approached me and said this may be something you want to add to it and as I did it further and further I really realized I had a a, a good knack for it, really instinctive of whether or not somebody was ready to let go of something, and it was just a lot more creative than running around trying to run errands for people, and um, so after a while, I ended up letting go of that part of the business and opened up ACK Organizing to just fully focus on doing that. Um, And about a year after I started it, I got really, really sick and it was very difficult for me to get out of bed and to function, and so in the middle of this, since I had so much time at home, one of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling frustrated is to purge, because it makes me feel good to let go of those items that are no longer necessary. And this time, I really did it with I I don't care if I have the space in my home for it, I'm letting go of it if it holds no true value to me and I don't care if it's oh but maybe this might come up or oh and you know I always used to talk myself back into keeping things because I had the space and yeah maybe something will come up and this time it was really I am letting it go and the first thing I noticed was that um, I really liked going into my wardrobe it was about half as full as it used to be but I really liked everything that I saw and I really wanted to wear everything that I saw and that made a huge difference so I was thinking well quality over quantity is huge and it makes me happy to open up my closet even though there's not much stuff left in there and then as I kept going with it I mean I literally went through everything from starting with my clothing all the way up through papers um, anything on my computer I just started let's purge everything and the more that I purge the physical stuff the more I started going well wait a second you know I'm noticing that there's about five different things that I'm doing here and and if you use those same principles you to anything in your life you can really start functioning in a much more empowered aware way and the first one was to have your priorities in other words what do you, what's your end game? What do you really want out of this? Is this to um, live an easier life, have a home that you walk into and you feel relaxed versus stressed? I mean, you know, what do you really wanna get? The second thing was I had to start creating and holding boundaries for myself. And um, that was really helpful. In other words, okay, well, yeah, I did have the space, but my new boundary was if this is not valuable to me, if this is leaving me with a feeling of shame or guilt or fear, I don't want it in my life because that's shame and guilt and fear in my life. So I started holding better boundaries for myself. Um, Then I started making small self-love based decisions, just one small one at a time. And this is is what I love for when you start feeling like you're gonna sabotage yourself. And all you have to do is make one small self-love based decision to get yourself over that hump. And sometimes it's just going, okay, well I bought that shirt and it looks terrible on me and I made a bad decision and I'm gonna choose to let that shirt go and then I'm gonna choose to forgive myself. Even that is empowering. And then it was, okay, well you need to identify systems. In other words, I walk in my door every morning And I put my keys down and then when I go to leave again, I can't find them. Well, then I'm going, wait a second, there's something wrong with this system. I'm doing the same action, yet it's not easy and it's not fun and it's making my life more difficult. So, okay, I identify where I need to put in um, a new system and then I create that system, which could be as easy as hanging a hook right next to your door for your keys and then putting it there. And then the last thing was, Emotional awareness and intuition because as you do this, especially when you start with the physical stuff, when you start with the physical clutter and you hold it in your hand and you can look at it and you can feel it and you allow it to tell you how you really feel about it, say it's you know, an old sweatshirt that was your ex-boyfriend's and you hold it and you go, well, wait a second, that was my ex-boyfriend's from five years ago. And I haven't been in a relationship since. Do I think that this is something that's healthy for me? And when I'm holding it, do I come back with beautiful, loving memories of a wonderful person and a wonderful relationship? Or if I'm am I just filled with the sorrow of how it ended? And if I'm filled with that sorrow, why am I keeping it? So right. I got really in touch with my feelings and how I truly felt about stuff. And that's extremely empowering because now as I've built it up, I could take it from the physical and then go into the emotional and go into the spiritual and really be so in touch with my feelings and emotions that I really knew, oh, this is how I feel about This. And then with my boundaries, I was able to keep going with you know what? That's not a right decision for me. I'm going to stick with my boundaries. I'm going to make that self love based decision and I'm not going to have it in my life anymore. And as I kept doing it, it got easier and it got better. And I just keep doing it. And I've realized that it helps me notice when I start self sabotaging. Um, It helps me to forgive myself if I do make a mistake. It, it, It helps me to start saying a lot more no's which I think is the most powerful word that we have rather than a bunch of yeses when I really wanted to say no. So it's been really helpful.
0: That's very interesting because I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that as you work your way through life, right? And, and I like to say this, even though it freaks people out sometimes is that, you know, you're living right now, but everything ahead of you, the future is, I say empty and meaningless, which of course freaks people out, but it's empty and meaningless because you get to put the meaning and you get to fill it with stuff. Right. Right. Is what I mean by that. And most people walk through their entire lives, grabbing what's behind them and pulling it back around and putting it in front of them and moving through, oh, moving through it again. Yep. Yeah. Right. And we just keep repeating the same emotions and mistakes and feelings. And because it's easier than going to the trouble to create change or to, or to contemplate actually contemplate what do i want to fill this with what meaning do i want to give this sweatshirt right do right. i need this sweatshirt it's such a simple thing but yet that's how you can change your future yep that's how you can get where you say you want to go so many people yep. say oh yeah i have dreams and i want to you know i want this particular future but they don't do the work to get there and this this is a major way to help you change the way you create your future by making sure you declutter the past that you keep bringing forward and walking through i I like this idea i can imagine how empowering it is so tell me you you mentioned that um when you work with boomers they're they're different somehow i believe how how do you find them different
1: Well, I mean, number one, I think a lot of baby boomers, and this is why I think this type of work is so important for this generation, is that you guys have the opportunity to start a whole new chapter in your life. I mean, you can really do whatever you want. It's like you're graduating from college, except for you've got the benefits of life experience And you're not broken in debt to somebody. So, I mean, you have this wonderful opportunity to go, what do I want to do with my life now, especially after you retire? I mean, you could do anything. You can travel. You can start a new business that you've always wanted to do. You can literally do whatever you want. So I think everybody's in such an empowered position. But I think... What has happened is that you're the first generation who's really getting the opportunity to do this. The generations before, a lot of them were passed by that point or really sick and aged and, and not really bursting with energy in the way that we are now. And so you don't have anyone leading the pathway and that gets scary. But I also think like this is an opportunity for you to go, okay, well, I can do whatever I want. And by going through everything that you have now, it helps you dwindle down to the, okay, well, where do I wanna go now? Because at the bottom of all the junk is really the true you. And so maybe when you get to the bottom of all the books and you get rid of the ones that you're like, I'm never gonna read it. I know I should read it, but I'm never gonna read it. I read it and I don't wanna read it again that's when you really find what you're really interested in and when you get to the bottom of your clothing and you have only what looks great on you and the colors that you love and the things that you love to wear that's gonna give you information as to who you are when you get rid of all that stuff that isn't who you are anymore and you really just focus on who you are now it's a great indication of hey, this is really where I want to go now. And it also leaves you free to be able to go and do that and and not hold on to the past. And I think with your generation, there is much more of um, an inclination to hold on to the past only because that's what every generation before you did. You passed down your stuff and everybody liked it or they didn't say anything about it. And you
0: have to remember that Um, Many of our parents and or grandparents, because the baby boom, you know, it's such a large generation, depending on where you are in it, either your parents or your grandparents have a great um, familiarity with or memory or pseudo memory of the Great Depression. Yes. Okay. So I've heard that all my life, either from my grandparents, I hear it from my in-laws who were children, you know, my parents' as children. So you don't get rid of things because, you know, it was such a difficult time everything became precious and you might need it one day and you hand it down, right? Generation to generation. And yet we are, the world is just not that way anymore. And you're right. You know, our generation is one of the most affluent. So, you know, boomers are going out and spending money all the time, you know, throwing out clothes and going and buying new clothes. And, but you know, we're a consumer society. So we enjoy going out and buying things and our children don't really want our old junk.
1: Well, and that's the thing, is, is things have changed so much. I mean, when you guys were getting married, it was really traditional. You get your china and you get your yes. fancy um, plates and dishes and glassware, and then yep. you threw these big parties. Who has time or energy to be able to throw these big parties anymore? And so then All that, that used to china, get passed silver down. and
0: crystal sitting in
1: cabinets. Yeah, and a, nobody, none of us want never it. We use it. Yeah, and the generations, but after you, we don't want it, we don't need it, we can't use it. I mean, all that stuff just means extra washing, yeah. um, you know, possible breakage. It's um for storage, yeah. Yeah, China is not something that's, you know, really has a high resale value. So yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of things that we just don't really want, or because I think what happened was, especially because of the Great Depression, it was you take what you can get and you be happy with it and you don't question it, right. and you just keep passing it down, yep. but you now we're going, it and you pass yeah, it down. Yes. And, and, and and you like it, whether you like it or not, but now we're getting to a point where we're going, but wait a minute, is that true? Is that right? Is that something that I have to have in my life? And a lot of times, the answer is no, and so when baby boomers are getting ready, if they don't ask their kids if they want stuff there's going to be a problem where the kids are then put in this great burden of oh my god what am i supposed to do with this stuff that i don't want right
0: and it and it happens to it happens to my generation also i can't tell yeah. you how many you know how many times my in-laws or cousins they've got something that is still useful and valuable it's just no longer useful and valuable to them yeah. because their children have outgrown it or what it, they've bought something new right but they don't feel comfortable getting rid of it Yep. So they give it to you and then you hold it. It's it's furniture, it's books, it's all kinds of stuff. And you go, but I really can't use this. You know, this isn't my taste or I have a coffee table. I didn't really need another coffee. And then you feel bad about, you know, am I going to hold on to it for my children for the day that they move into their own apartment? So I've got stuff sitting around. You're making me think about, you know, my whole home and all the things I could be getting rid of. I mean, talking about books, when we moved from our first house to, to this house that we've lived in for a very long time, both my husband and I had college textbooks in the attic. And we held on to them, right? So I still have them. And now with the information age, it, as an engineer, you know, I needed to look up formulas or how did this work again, something I maybe hadn't done for a long time. And I'd have to go to the book all that stuff's online and these books are over 30 years old now. They're not even relevant anymore yeah. Yeah. right? because things have changed and technology has changed and everything's changed. So it's so silly to be holding on to all this stuff. And yes, it's a waste to be throwing it out because I guarantee you most of these books, no one else will want either. Yeah, And no. they're not recyclable. Books are not recyclable. Um, you know, unless they're, I guess, completely paper, but I'm talking, you know, hardback
1: yeah. textbooks yeah. and stuff.
0: And, yeah, that's sad, but, you know, what am I going
1: to Yeah, there's nothing you can do. I'm going to hold on to
0: them for another 30 years? It's silly.
1: And that's what a lot of people do is because they feel so guilty about putting a strain on the environment that they turn their own homes into their own private waste dump. And I'm like, no. It's, it, you're doing the same thing, but you're making it your own problem, and it's not your own problem. Yeah. They have experts to deal with this. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guilt of getting rid of things, and that's what happens. The fear of the depression that got instilled in you guys is still there. Oh, yes, my God, yes. I can't get rid of anything. So that's yeah. fear sitting in your house. Yeah. Then you have the guilt of, oh, my God, I'm going to destroy the environment, or what yeah. if my kids want this, or what are my in-laws going to say because they gave this? So you have guilt on it. both right. sides, yes, right. You've right? got are sandwich between, and, and, between yeah, the two. You yeah, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. So, um, so
0: what are, what are the top tips you can give, baby? What are your top three tips that you can give boomers in, in order? Because we got to get through this emotionally, as yeah. well as physically, sort of being able to breathe again. Yeah, by oh. by decluttering
1: you have to be true to yourself you do not have to take something into your home because somebody else gives it to you, once it is given to you a gift is yours to do whatever if you want to light it on fire the second they leave your driveway, you can do that and you don't have to feel guilty about it uh, passive aggressive yeah. much? <laughs> well, a little bit, but you, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do so you don't have to take things from the generation above and you do, definitely do not have to hold on to stuff for the generations below, I think three months after I graduated from college my mother said to me get everything you own out of this house or I'm dumping it and that's the last time I had anything at her house And I thought, well, that's fair. I don't live there anymore. So why should I be using your house as extra storage? That's not fair to you. So I think people in your generation, boundaries. That is something that needs to be learned, not just for other people, but for yourself of what do you really want in your home? What do you truly value? What is important to you now? Not what what was important to you 30 years ago. And I think a lot of times when you're sorting through stuff, you go through, well, this is when I was raising my kids and this is when I was doing. Are
0: attached to it, right. And
1: then it's very, very difficult. And I've had a lot of people um, of baby baby boomers who then got very frustrated because they thought their kids would want to go through this and relive their memories. And the kids are like, I'm busy with my own kids. I don't have the time. Yeah. And it gets really difficult. So, you know, just be prepared that when you're going through this, this, this is memory time for you. This is a gift for you that you are imposing your own boundaries on for how you want to live your life now where you want to go what's important to you in your life and that includes literally everything the other thing is get your financials in in order get all of that important paperwork your will um you know any of your financial your banking statements all of those things go through them and make sure that you all have them all in one place that at least one to two people know where to find them because if something happens to you and no one knows where they are, it, it, it just makes everything more difficult. Right. So, if, you know, it's really important for everyone to have all of their financial, the important stuff, in spots where people can actually find them and they're actually together. Right. Um, You know, and yeah, I mean, having priorities and, and, you know, what is your priority? What do you want to do now with your life? Not 20 years ago, you know, now, who are you now? Where do you want to go? And when you figure that out, um, even as you're going through it, just to say, this is what's valuable to me now. And then, you know, as you go through it, I think you start getting a direction of, Oh, okay. Yeah, this isn't as important. Oh yeah, I can actually let go of it. And then to give yourself the freedom to let go of things that make you feel ashamed to think you that make you feel guilty and that make you feel afraid of, Oh my God, if I let go of this, this is going to come back and haunt me because a lot of times, no, it's not. Um, and especially with IRS, all that kind of stuff, they have online plenty of information about what you really need to keep and what you don't need to keep and I think a lot of people keep so much more paperwork than they need to and uh, that is overwhelming uh,
0: we we have a relative who ha- who has kept and he's probably 62 to 65 somewhere in there Yep. every check he's ever written yeah back in the day back people boomers we remember you used to write checks for everything right it wasn't atm cards up until you know maybe 15 years ago so we wrote a lot of checks he's kept every check he's ever written Uh, imagine how much paper that is and and i forget what the irs says you need maybe seven years or something like that which is still could can be a lot of paper less so now seven years than back in the day but for what purpose what
1: There's the fear of the I heard of one person, you know, somebody's grandmother who got called in for something that happened 20 years ago. It's not true and it doesn't doesn't happen. happen. So, unless you purposely have tried to go and defraud the government please trust that seven years is enough and you can let everything else right. go. Right. Because otherwise. you
0: got nothing to feel guilty about, then don't, yeah, don't, yeah, worry. don't worry. Don't
1: worry. It doesn't happen at all. And in fact, the last person I, I helped with myth. an audit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The last person I helped audit because of the internet, she actually ended up getting money back from the IRS. So oh, okay. don't sit there and assume, Oh my God, I'm being ironed. There's something wrong. I'm going to lose everything. No, yeah, she had, yeah. we had all our paperwork. Most of it, I was able to track down very easily online because you know, companies now keep their own paperwork. Yep. We found everything. And again, she got money back. So there you go. Yeah. So,
0: so in all of your experience in dealing with people who are trying to declutter, you know, in various ways, what do you think the biggest obstacle is that we're going to run across? It'd be nice to know what it's going to be so that we can identify it when it happens and realize, oh, okay, this is just an obstacle. I'm going to find a way around it, over it, under it, something.
1: Yeah, it's decision making of whether or not to keep something because okay. your initial thing is you'll you'll take that shirt or, or the dress and you'd be like, oh, that black dress that I haven't worn in ten years. I should get rid of it, and that's your initial thought. <laughs> you got stuff like- and then you think well it still fits and what if somebody invites me to this thing or this happens or blah 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 and all of a sudden you've talked yourself back into keeping something that two seconds ago you were your first initial gut reaction was to let it go go with the with the reaction that is you know what it it, it is true to let yourself because sometimes i'll i'll tell myself yeah i'm ready to let it go then i try and talk myself out of it and then i go no my first a reaction was correct. And this is where you set the, the, the small self love um, um, decision making and then the boundaries on yourself. So don't talk yourself into keeping something that you know you're not going to wear. I mean, you really have to just be honest with yourself because the more honest you are with yourself, the more you're going to identify with what your true feelings are, the more you're going to be true to yourself, the more you're going to be happier because you're being authentic to yourself and you're sticking up for yourself. And that's when things start showing up in a better way. But even if you just start with being authentic with yourself about what looks good on you and what doesn't, and I don't care if you're like, Oh, my weight, yo, yos back and forth. I'll keep the heavier clothing. All that's saying is, Hey, I don't believe that I'm ever going to keep this weight lo- off to yourself. So I think that's always, a terrible reason. Right, right. Keep it because you love it and you like wearing it. That's right. your criteria. Yeah, would so, you be willing
0: to wear it tomorrow? Because the fact is that even when you, at least for me, speaking from my point of view, when I talk myself into keeping something like that and then the opportunity comes up to wear it, I would prefer to go out and shop and get a new dress. Exactly. And I would want to wear the old dress, the 10-year-old dress in my closet.
1: Exactly. That's and, what
0: happens. Or the other thing is, you know, I hold on to arts and crafts things. And then five years later, I think, oh, where's that special marker set or that template or, and I can't find it. I held on to it because I knew I would want to use it again. And it's true. I do want to use it again, but it's been so long that I can't find it. So I go out and get something else or I make do some other way. Yeah. And then eventually when it shows up again, I go, well, this, this was useless, you know.
1: Yeah. And I did the same thing. And that's the thing is a lot of time you'll keep stuff thinking, oh, I'm going to do that project. I'm going to sew this up. I'm going to do this. You have to then go, wait, am I? Because if I get a tear in a dress, I'm not the kind of person who's going to try and sew it up. I'm a lousy sewer. I hate sewing. So unless I do it right away, I know I'm not going to do it. And I let it go because I've decided that it's not worth lying to myself about projects that I don't actually want to do. And you have to just go, am I the kind of person who's going to do this project or who's going to go out and find somebody sew it. And if you can't do that within a week, then you just let it go because you're going to buy yourself something anyway to, to make up for it. So why not just be honest, get the old thing out, get the new thing and be happy and on your way. There's no harm in that. Right.
0: That's, that's so (laughs) true. You make it sound so simple. And yet we get all this, um, you know, emotion and feelings attached to what should be simple
1: guilt here and, fear and, and shame. we make it
0: complicated yeah, yeah We make it very complicated so for people listening to us right now who are saying okay I get it I I need to take some sort of action what's the first thing that you would tell them to do
1: you know I say start with your wardrobe and just you know take out your items and put the like things together put your sweaters with your sweaters your shirts with your shirts so that you know where everything is and then pick them up one by one and say do I really like this am I wearing it do I use it is it in good shape and if you're not getting a no let it go I don't care you know don't let yourself talk it talk yourself out of it and then hang up the stuff that you do like in an order where you can find everything and get everything out And once you do that with your wardrobe, what I noticed is that all of a sudden I started noticing I felt better because I knew I looked better. And that was the motivation that kept me going with everything else. And then I did, I I took on another, you know, I went into the bathroom and I did all the stuff there. And it's the same system over and over again. And the reason that I say start with your physical stuff is because the more that you hold the physical stuff and you can see it, the more that you can take that time to get, you know, in touch Touch with your feelings and then that builds up your intuition skill and as you do it with more and more stuff it becomes second nature so that you get in touch with your feelings you know what they are and you set boundaries and made self-love decisions so that you keep trusting yourself and your intuition and it just keeps getting better and better and better i'm not saying you're going to do your your wardrobe and the next day you're going to be a great decision maker but the more that you do it and the more that you build up those skills the easier it gets for you and you stop second guessing yourself and that in itself is a huge freedom
0: right i i went through the process in the last um 14 months of, of exercising and, you know, nutritional counseling and I lost a lot of weight. So actually twice I've had to go through my closet and try my clothes on to purge the things that really didn't fit me anymore. And so my closet's got a lot less in it than it used to, but I still notice that I hold on to way too many clothes. I probably wear 20% of what I have in my drawers and my closet. And then there's the occasional, you know, dress or the occasional you know, golf outfit or, you know, things that you do not all that often. And that, that's okay too, you know, hold on to a few of the, but still all the t-shirts and the, you know, just even casual stuff or pajamas or it's everything I have much more than I ever wear. I keep going back to the same things that I like that are comfortable, even though I hold on to more than that.
1: Well, in, you know, I, I would say probably everybody wears about twenty percent of what they have, and yeah. now high-level executives—they're putting thirty items in their wardrobe, and that is it, because they don't want to focus on what they're going to wear and dealing with their messy closet. But the other thing is, if you're if you're trying to go through it and you're getting really confused, take everything out of your closet that you've worn in the past year or two, put those in one pile, and get rid of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's real. You know what you've been wearing, and yes. you know what you haven't, and there's your answer right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, the proof that's, is in the pudding. Uh, You're going to wear I it have, if you like it. Not
0: only do I want to go through my whole home and start throwing stuff out, but, yeah, I want to start at my closet again and look at all, all of these clothes and go, you know what? You you kept it a year ago, but you still haven't worn it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And start getting rid of stuff. This is so fascinating. Uh, you you make me excited to actually throw stuff out, you know, that's another part of the daunting aspect of it is sometimes you, you, <coughs> excuse me, you look around your home or your office or whatever it is and go, Oh my God, how did all this stuff pile up here? And just yeah. the thought of having to go through it is so daunting that you just keep letting it pile up. But, but, but you, I... you make, you make me feel excited to get rid of it be, because it's this emotional purging that's going on.
1: Right, but think about when you're talking about seeing all that clutter and the work, you get exhausted. Well, that clutter is an emotion of exhaustion that is in your home right now. Yes, that's right. Do you wanna feel exhausted or do you wanna put in a little bit of effort And get all that exhaustion out and get the guilt and the fear and the shame out so that the only thing that you're left with is love and light and and good energy and positive feelings. And when you only see that in your house, not the should have, could have, would have, wish I had. Um, instead, all you see are the, I did, I am. That's when you start going, wait, life is looking better because all I'm seeing is life looking better. Right. And that's right. what gives you the energy is I want people to realize is that clutter is an emotion and it's causing you health problems because clutter attracts dirt and dust and mold yes, and nights and all yeah, that. That's the other thing. But there's an emotional toll that's taking it on, and there's now studies showing that depression and anxiety are caused by clutter. And I don't see how it couldn't be. I've never seen a happy person living in, in amongst their clutter. Right. And if they are, they're lying to themselves and everyone else. Yeah. So, I mean, you it know, physically
0: sort of you know presses in on you. you yes, know, it, it does. You. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and once you get rid of that, especially all, all those books, you know, and all that financial stuff. That's just weighing your brain down right now. You're not able to absorb as much information as you could if you got rid of it, because now you're opening up your mind and your space to be able to absorb information that you need to know. If I'm starting to read a book and I only get partway through it, I'm like, well, I'm going to assume that's all I needed to know, and I'm going to let go of it. So... And I don't do that with, I need to read this. If it's not pressing on me, then I know I don't need it for any other reason. And if I let it go and I really do need the information, I trust that that information is going to show up in a new and better way for me to absorb it. But you have to go with the trust of, you're not letting something go that is irreplaceable. The only things that are irreplaceable are the human beings that you are surrounding your life with. Yes. Other than that, you can get another shirt. It may not look exactly the same, but it's pretty darn close and it's a shirt, you know? So what are the important things in your life? And usually that's the relationships you have with people, not with stuff. Not with stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very good point. So how can, how can our listeners find you? Where can they find you online, I assume, and yeah. get, uh, get some more help?
1: Yeah. ACK organizing is the best way to find me. Um, I have some MP3s that it's do it yourself. And it basically takes you through a session. I've got one dealing with emotional clutter, the reasons why people I can't and decluttering, how to do your bedroom. Um, I also have um, a program of 10 sessions where you and I work together via phone or Skype. And we are going through each and every room in your home. And I'm telling you, Um, how to declutter it, how to help you through the parts that get you stuck, um, any products that you may need and also the best ways to either sell it, donate it or whatever it is depending on what it is and we go through literally everything in your home then we're going to go through your office and so that you get into such a cycle that by the end of it you know how to do this on your own and you can keep doing it so that you can change your life for good but we go through literally everything together. I've got an individual program and I also have one. so that the whole family can be doing it because when you work together as a family unit then the family unit starts thriving better in a, in a different way right. so once you get rid of all that clutter
0: that's so, so fabulous yeah. I, I love that idea and uh, i'm telling you so many people can really use that a lot of times we know what's good for us but um like with my exercise and nutrition right i knew that exercise and eating right was the right thing to do but it wasn't until I joined a program and had someone forcing me, expecting me to show up, you know, yeah. to exercise and making me write down what I ate and looking at it every week and saying, okay, I want you to change this. It wasn't until that, that I started making progress. You know, well, I know, I know what's right.
1: Right. But how, when you're but so close hard to, to something, how can yeah, you see it?
0: It's hard to do it on your own. It's, it is. it's much easier when you have an outside um, force saying, okay, where, where are you with this? Did you accomplish this? you know, holding you accountable, it, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. That's what it boils down to.
1: Yeah, it really is, and that's something that I think most people struggle with. And the other thing is, it's just, it's hard for people to change, even when they know it's better for them, trying to change, like I'm trying to lower my gluten, and within the past two weeks, I had a major spaz out over it, and I thought, okay, I need to calm myself down, do it as best as I can, and as I go along with it, I can incorporate more things. But to do incorporate such a large change at once was too much for me. Right. And so one of the things of the process is learning how quickly or how slowly you need to go to create that change. Because some people can go like that and they, you know, they acclimate really quickly. They're right. ready for that change. Other people have to go a little bit more slowly. And so I designed programs so that you could either do big change in a big way in a real small amount of time or you can go more slowly so that you can acclimate yourself to the process because it is hard to change and a lot of times people go oh wait too much change too soon even if it's good for them even with weight loss you see people who who sabotage themselves even when they're going along well because it's a different change your body is changing and it's difficult sometimes to to deal with that so yeah having the support is really helpful so that you don't sabotage your efforts right exactly
0: so, <clears throat> excuse me, before I let you go, I always ask my guests if they have a, uh, an inspirational story or quote that they'd like to leave us with before we part.
1: Um, inspirational story or quote. Wait, I have one at some point. It may not be here. Hold on. Uh, well, let's see. Here's a good one from, okay, in order to have a happier, healthier, more productive life, you must start by choosing yourself first.
0: Oh, who said
1: that? I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's You're so cute. And she had to look She had to look it up. And she I had, so to, hard, look she had up. to look it up, yep. and that's her own quote. So just say it one more time uh, for us.
1: Okay, in order to have a happier, healthier, more productive life, you must start by choosing yourself first.
0: That is so true. Yeah. I love it, Allison Kiro. It was wonderful meeting you today. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And those of you out there who have who have been watching or listening, this is Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where every Tuesday afternoon around 1 p.m. Eastern we release a new episode with wonderful guests like Allison, whom you can find. Remember, you can always come back to the website and find these links if you're not able to write it down right now. So no worries. But you can find her at ackorganizing.com. That link will be in the notes of this particular podcast episode. So like I said, no worries. You can always come back and find her at boomersultimateguidepodcast.com. And until next time, I want you living uh, a thriving life and wonderful businesses, which is what my uh, my other podcast and, of course, the focus of my my publicist would be so happy with me what my writing is about because quite frankly you you can't be happy in business unless you're happy with your life they really go hand in hand and decluttering is as important in your business as it is in your personal life too that those run hand in hand also yeah so until next time i would very much like you all to take care Boom, baby, that's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.